And John, what are the big stories that people are talking about today on Vancouver Real Estate? Ian, the mayor of Vancouver is once again calling on the province to act now. Now that we have a rough idea of just how many empty homes are in the city, Gregor Robertson is going to write the premier asking for the city to be given that power they say they need to track and address the issue. Robertson would also like to see the province neuter stratas from blocking units from being rented out. That's a step that's been talked about for many years, and now that we know that there's tens of thousands of units that are empty across the region, it seems an obvious step for the province to take action on. So I'll leave that to them to, uh, with the next steps, uh, but certainly we are going to look at uh, next steps that the city might be able to take. Robertson would also like to see BC Hydro regularly hand city smart meter data determining if a home is empty or not. Andy Yan is the acting director of the SFU City Program. We asked him about the data collected from BC Hydro and used in that Empty Homes report out this week. Within the study, uh, part of what we need to look at is something called a sensitivity analysis that they use 25 days of empty of empty um, of, of, of an empty unit to suggest that the to flag the unit as empty. But similarly, why is it 25 and not, say, 30? And I think similarly, and, and it came out, really the discussion to be more geographically sensitive. Yan did his own condo study back in 2009. I used a sensitivity analysis on, on electrical usage, ranging from 75 kilowatt hours to, I believe, 100 and then 150 kilowatt hours. And that was just to say, hey, we're not really sure what constitutes an empty condo. But let's play around with it a little bit and kind of see that, oh, aha, when we have this range, things suddenly change in terms of the overall population, but then also within certain neighborhoods over time. So, Ian, does he think the city should be able to amend the Vancouver Charter to mandate occupancy? I think it needs more power, but that that power is informed by better data. And as such, the notion of how that empty unit is being used is pretty critical, that in certain cases, it can certainly be used as market, market rental in certain cases. Now, the question is its cost and its, and its stability within staying in the rental stock. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are a myriad of reasons why units are empty. And that, again, we have to also identify what kinds of demand we want to support and others we want to de-incentivize. We're talking empty homes this morning on Vancouver Real Estate Today. David Hutniak is with Landlord BC. I was uh, shocked to see that the condo number was as high as it was. I, I mean, you know, our own sort of uh, knowledge of what's what's uh, uh, going on in the market is certainly that uh, there's a lo- we knew there were a lot of vacant ones, but uh, I had no idea that it was such a high number. Quite surprised. We asked him what he thinks the reason is for all the vacant condos in the city of Vancouver. Poor investment would have to be part and parcel of that. That uh, um, you know, folks would likely park some capital here and, and don't feel the need to to uh, rent them out or necessarily occupy them full time. So I would think that's a major factor. We also at, we also asked David Hutniak of Landlord BC if they support the city's move to ask the province to amend Vancouver's charter so they can mandate occupancy. I just think it would be really difficult to to necessarily administer, and and uh, you know I think it would just add some complexity with probably uh, limited uh, limited success at the end of the day. I mean. I, I just can't really visualize how how that would work uh, effectively. 
And lastly, Ian, Vancouver's Chief Housing Officer, Mukhtar Latif, we spoke with him. He admits they need more data to get a better picture of just how many homes are in fact empty and why they're empty. What we have is limited data. Um, what we had was the 225,000 accounts that we addressed. Um, what we don't know, again, is the reasons why those homes are empty. Some of those are legitimately empty because of the, um, renovations or redevelopment. Others, we, we really don't know the reasons why those are empty. So until we get further data, we can't really be sure that the figure that we've quoted is absolutely accurate. Those are the assessments that we carried out from the, the data. And Latif says the empty home rate in Vancouver, Ian, really isn't that much different than any other cities of similar size in North America. We'll pick up on this story a little bit later, too. Uh, I'm not convinced that this is a crisis that is as serious as some people would like to capitalize on. We're going to take a break. Later on, Todd Talbot from Vancouver Love It or List It will join us. And next, Baldev Niger and Aman Niger from West Coast Realty as we continue on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. We're joined in studio by Baldev Niger, who is an associate broker, 33 years as a realtor and managing broker with Sutton West Coast Realty. Aman Niger is also in studio with us. He's been in the business for a number of years, been building for 10 years, and also uh, a BCIT grad. Thank you for being in studio with us today. I wanted to ask you, uh, because you heard our last story, John was covering uh, a multitude of different opinions. Let's take it a step further. With the house prices in Vancouver shooting through the sky as they are at such an incredibly rapid pace, is it possible for for working people, for students at UBC or BCIT now to live in Metro Vancouver and and have a comfortable life? And just they can still live in Vancouver and have a comfortable life. Uh, There are a lot of houses under a million dollars, which is uh, condominiums, townhomes and apartments. Uh, but just single-family homes are very high in price in Vancouver, but students don't need a single-family home. They need their condos, townhomes, or apartments. So you want to get somebody into the market and work the ladder. Don't expect to start in the middle or at the top. Uh, yes, I, I, I want to start them. Um, the person who's new in the market will start th- th- from the bottom, like uh, apartments, condominiums are the best to start, and then... Uh, Proceed from there to townhomes if they want to upgrade, and uh, once they're settled, then they can go on a single family. Do you think that perhaps young people today, and I'm thinking people who are trying to get into the market, are their expectations too high? And yes, they are, um, <clears throat> they have no experience in the market yet. Aman, what when you're dealing with some of the the younger generation, uh, maybe a little bit closer to your age, what? Do you find they're maybe out of line with your thoughts as well? I feel like um, a lot of the people want yards and houses, like what where they grew up. But you got to understand that the city's developing, and it's going to be all our skyline's getting higher and higher. We've got to move into apartments, condos, smaller living. People are downsizing. Even if you want a two bedroom condo, it's manageable. You can afford that, but you can't afford something with a huge yard because it's all going into higher density. Your yard's going to be on the roof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, a green roof. That's environmentally friendly, too. So uh, that's a good idea. Did you ever have the fear that one morning you're going to wake up and prices are going to just crash? I don't see that immediately because the interest rate is so low and there is no supply of product. Okay. Conversely, then, let me put this to you. 
What happens, and I, I know it won't happen overnight in terms of a huge jump in rates, but the interest rates will eventually at some point go up. We know that. Is that going to cause a lot of extra burden for people that are getting into the market? It will if it will go even 1, 2% up. Uh, less people will qualify for the mortgage. And uh, it will become difficult for them to select a suitable house for them. Uh, and it's very difficult right now if if we look at the international interest rates, very difficult for one particular country to increase the rate at this time. Okay. Uh, when when my parents built back in the 80s, uh, the interest rates were 19% or something insane like that. Um, <clears throat> even if the interest rates do climb here, I don't think it's going to be as big an issue as most because if you have the money to get into a home, you're going to have the money to sustain a bit of an increase. Do you, do you agree? Or I definitely, I was in the market in 1982 when the interest rate hit 21, 22%. And um, when they bought my first house, interest rate was 10 and percent. And everybody was telling me, Baldev, buy the house. It's a good market. It's a good rate. So 10 and percent was very acceptable rate at that time. Sure. Where, where's a good area now to look to invest? Uh, maybe we could ask him on that question. Uh, is there one area that you prefer over another? Well, there's actually a, a lot of growth in the suburbs now. If you move into the Fraser Valley, um, houses out there are 55% less than what they're selling for in the greater Vancouver area. Uh, average benchmark um, townhouse and condo out there is about two hundred and four to three hundred thirty-four thousand uh, dollars. Houses are selling for about six hundred ninety-one thousand average benchmark price in the Fraser Valley, which is still very affordable. And you get a yard and a big setting, nice house. So, how it, does that look as an investment down the road for these people? Again, thinking about maybe wanting to move up the ladder or getting c- closer to town. It has been increasing so fast out there. Um, just over the last year, two years, um, gone up about $200,000 in, in equity, where in Vancouver, I know you're raising a lot more than that in a year, but for somebody to get their foot in the door, you start in the Fraser Valley, you can easily comfortably get your foot in the door and make that money. Amon, for, for someone who has just given up on the hope of a single-family detached home and, and is looking at a two-bedroom condo, um, can you give me an example of an urban area that would be a good place to invest that isn't in uh, downtown Vancouver? I'm thinking I've, I have friends in New West who love it there. North Vancouver, you see lots happening there. Where would you recommend our listeners look for their next investment? And, and either of you can answer that. Metrotown is really booming right now. Burnaby, Surrey. Surrey is much more affordable. The town center, Surrey Central area. There's a lot of high rises coming up, a lot of development coming up there. Um, Concord Pacific is doing a lot of development there, a lot of big companies. So you'll see a lot of more um, inventory coming up in those areas where it'll be more affordable and uh, easier for people to get their foot in the door. And have developers learned and changed the ways they're building these buildings now? Because I know you know, amenities years ago were more important. And, and th- you know, this day and age, those same amenities are very different for what people want. My generation might not want what your generation wanted. <clears throat> Still a lot of um, development projects are coming in Surrey with the beautiful amenities. You have a comfortable life on those uh, high rises. Uh, maybe in future, the amenities will be shrink because of the price value of the land. But right now, it's, you can get a bu- lot of amenities which you cannot even think about in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
One of the things that people are asking themselves right now, particularly people that are living in areas where they've seen these huge increases in property values, uh, maybe they're getting close to retirement age. Should I sell now? Should I wait another month? Should I wait another year? Uh, do you have any advice on that? I will say if you want to sell now, don't sell and wait. If you have a plan to sell, then make sure you acquire the property, right way, real estate property, otherwise you will be losing money. Mm-hmm. So how does one go about uh, developing a plan? They got to have a family realtor. Okay. And you can only do, if you have a family realtor, family realtor can advise you how, to, it's, it's the same thing like having a financial advisor, family doctor. If you have the family realtor, the family realtor will advise you how you can plan your life for future. How do you select that realtor then? Uh, I mean, I mean uh, both the Ubal, Dev, and Aman are, are, are qualified realtors, but the, the, and obviously you would like people to call you. And in fact, let me give the, your your website is gotpropertybc.com. Again, that's gotpropertybc, one word, dot com. How do, how do you suggest people go about selecting the, the right realtor, somebody who they can trust with all of this? <clears throat> to select a realtor, uh, you got to have the interview with the different realtors. Don't just call one guy and say, oh, I, w- I will list property with you. Check uh, whether the person have a knowledge of the product. The person have a knowledge of the area where you are living. That's critical, isn't it? Uh, yes. Do he know the bylaws in, the na- in that city? Mm-hmm. Or is he aware of the bylaws and what are the, what are the requirements of the, if you want to upgrade the house or do something? Is the realtor available 24 hours or not? And seven days or not. Does he answer his phone? Or okay. Phone? <laughs> if, the, if the realtor is not available 24 hours, check his um, voicemail. Some realtor says, please call me on Monday. I don't return the call after 5 p.m. on Friday. Yeah. So That's, that's a red flag. Okay. Sure. That's it. Uh, you got to watch those things. Mm-hmm. And then also see if ask the realtor, is he working in another secondary job or this is the primary job he's doing? Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, and the and the reputation of the realtor, you can you can check with the real estate board, with the real estate council, if the realtor have any kind of um, actions against him. Sure. Okay, you can check those things on uh, from the real estate council. Check references. Talk check, to other clients. Check, uh, yes, and w- at least get call three four realtors before you decide to pick up a realtor. Mm-hmm. Aman, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna come to you and ask you to kind of tell me what you are best at and what 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 your team is best at would would it be the 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 shoulders you can lean on the experience you can lean on with maybe uh, a younger perspective on things as well kind of that that old and new um philosophy if you will is that is that the strength of your firm it's definitely uh an asset that i have having my father with me uh the experience that he brings to the table i've also been in construction with him for over 10 years now so right when we walk into a house, we can see the quality of the build, if it was honestly a, a good quality built home or if it was just built to sell and a spec home that you know is, is not going to last you as long or going to need maintenance quicker. That's what? a good question. I'm sorry to, to, to jump in, but you brought up a point that, that really interests me. What about these offers that are coming through now with no subjects, no home inspection? As a builder or somebody that's got that eye for that, that would be, a, I would think, a very useful thing to have. Definitely. We can walk into the house and without 
advising our client to have an inspection. We're, we're not saying not to have an inspection. We advise them to. But nowadays, with the bidding wars that are going mm-hmm. on the properties, you have to present an offer with no subjects. You, Otherwise, you're not going to get do it. Do you find that they're yeah, they're doing just that? They're not even bothering now? Definitely. Is that, I, is that I, the case? I bought a house for myself just a few months ago with no subjects on the house. And yeah. that's just the industry you have to do. And I bought above asking. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, these houses are going above asking. But they're strategically priced below asking, below market value, so that they can create that buzz. It's a very aggressive that. form of marketing. Yeah. I think one thing uh, that just as, if you don't mind, I'd like to offer as a suggestion for anybody that's going in to look at a home is have a look at the property, the age of the property, the age of the, the mechanicals, the age of the roof and some of that the structure. <laughs> now, we have to take a break, but this I want to set you up because when we come back, a very important question for you. And the question is, is is how do how do we avoid these assignments these, these flipping these things these things that are going on around us all the time that seem a bit nefarious so i want to address that when we come back with Baldev Niger and Aman Niger they're here from Sutton West Coast Realtor a realty uh, it's Sutton West Coast Realty the website is gotpropertybc.com and this is Vancouver Real Estate Today and we'll be right back on News Talk 980 CKNW our in studio guests Baldev Niger and Aman Niger from Sutton, West Coast Realty, gotpropertybc.com. You can have a look at their website. Before the break, I warned you I would ask you this question, and it's a tough question because so many people are talking about it, and so few of us seem to understand this whole idea of uh, property flipping or what you know in the business uh, called assignments. Can perhaps just give us an explanation of, of how you view those terms and and how to avoid it as somebody who might be interested in buying property? Uh, well, it's coming more and more because of the supply. We have a less supply and a lot of buyers are on the market. It can be avoided if the seller don't put a too long ext- completion date. The mm. completion date should be 30 days or maximum maybe 60 days. And also with we have a no assignment clause available. They should ask the realtor to insert the no assignment clause in the contract. In case if the buyer's family member wants to join on the contract, that name should be added on the contract that if it will be assigned, it will be assigned to such and such name Right. without any price increase. As soon as the price is increased, the, uh, the realtor have an obligation to inform the seller the property is being assigned. Sure, and at, and if he's making any remuneration in that second time assignment, so you need to you need to have this discussion before you've signed any agreements with your realtor. That's right. Right. So this is not a question you want to leave until once you've signed that contract. You might be suspect to this. Every contract is assignable okay. if it's not discussed upfront. It should be no assignment clause to avoid this problem. And can you explain why that? The date is so important again for me. Um, if you put a, a six-month closing date, in the six months, the property values keep on going up mm-hmm. every week. The property will be signed maybe three times. So closing date, very short closing date is very important. Another thing is a lot of realtors or the lot of people, buyers, are, sellers are not aware that there's a time is of the essence in our real estate contract. We have on the completion date, if the documents are not registered by 4 p.m. in the land title office on the completion date, the seller 
have no obligation to complete that contract seller can back out of the contract so time is of the essence time is of the essence okay um we're running shy on time but but i wanted to get into this next topic just as our as our time starts to fade away uh, do you have any tips on how to decide on how to assess your home and how to come up with a listed price that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> he smi- it's, it's as a, he smiles, it's a, very, it's a very tricky in this market. Get a very good realtor. I I, I I used to be right on the dot before. Right. Okay. But now we got to be up very uh, up to the last minute. Update ourselves. What the next door property sold? How this many is, how it, many offers was on that? We yeah. got to see all those conditions and the condition of the house and house house is set up. All those things counts. Do you ever look at which homes don't sell that were listed in that area as well? Definitely. Yeah. Maybe they were overpriced. Yeah. You need to know the area. That's why having a realtor who knows the area that you're working or, or shopping or selling, you really have to have somebody who knows the area. Not only not only the area, the realtor got to know all the products, like whether he can get you finance to, financing to the buyers and all those things. The realtor got to be all around. Okay, we got to wrap it up, guys. Uh, will you come back? Definitely. Talk to us again? Anytime. Appreciate your insight into the world of real estate. This is a fascinating market. Baldev Niger and Aman Niger from Sutton West Coast Realty. Have a look at their website, gotpropertybc.com. I hope that you'll come back and share some of your insights. We have a, a generational thing going on here, so we're getting the best of all worlds, and, and that's uh, so much appreciated. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Todd Talbot from Love It or List at Vancouver. That's next on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. John, what are the big stories that people are talking about on Vancouver Real Estate Today? Empty homes, Ian. If you have an empty home, do you want somebody telling you what you can do with it or not? Uh, That was the big subject in the news this week. Uh, We've talked about it on this show, and the mayor of Vancouver, Gregor Robertson, saying that he wants to ask the province to be given the power as a city that they need to track and address the issue. And he'd like to see the province also neuter stratus from blocking units from being rented out. And Ian, I know Uh, This is a controversial subject that has got a lot of play this week. With all due respect to the mayor of Vancouver, what he's saying is, here, you take care of it, Victoria, because I don't have the power to do it. But what he's really saying is, this is what I want. This is the seed I'm planting for the citizens of Vancouver, but it's a provincial jurisdiction. And, you know, I'm not so sure, John, that having this kind of legislation, telling people what they can do and not do with their properties is going to solve the homeless situation that we face. It's a grave situation in Vancouver and other parts of British Columbia right across the country. I dare say the entire world suffers from homelessness, uh, from mental health issues. I'm not sure that filling one single empty uh, apartment in Coal Harbor is going to ease that pain at all. And I think the, the crisis, the word crisis that we use here in Vancouver, there's a housing crisis. Uh, that needs to be better defined. And I think um, some of the data we have isn't quite there yet. Um, the data they used for this empty homes report was from BC Hydro. Some have questioned it. Um, some, like um, the Vancouver's chief housing officer, Mokhtar Latif, saying that they need more data, they need more research, they need more studies. So I'm very hesitant to uh, 
uh, give an opinion on this subject because I think it needs to be better defined more, and that's what we're here to help people uh, understand by bringing on guests that are well-informed. And, and when we talked to uh, Mukhtar Latifa, the chief housing officer for Vancouver, he made it very clear in this report that they did not touch on who owns these empty units or why, in fact, they are vacant. The empty homes is separate to foreign ownership because that's just one of the many reasons why homes could be empty, but that's a study that BC Housing is currently undertaking around the ownership piece. There is no data that we had available to do that. Nobody ever talks about the, the idea that Vancouver's catching up with the major centres around the world, and this is a hot housing market, as is New York, as is Sydney, Australia, as in, as in London. John, we're out of time. Uh, next week, more with Todd Talbot and uh, plenty of other things coming up that we hope that you'll enjoy. For John Meyer and for Amila Bamji, our technical producer, my name is Ian Power. Be with us next Saturday for Real Estate Today in Vancouver on News Talk 980 CKNW.